0: Hey, how you doing? Yeah, my name's Damon. Yours? Well, it's nice to meet you. Hey, uh, you married? Kids? Three kids. That's cool. Uh, Cindy and I, we have two. We've got three grandkids now. Uh, what do you What do you do for a living? Broker. <laughs> I bet your life's interesting these days. I'm a pastor. No, seriously, I'm a pastor. I really am. I'm pastor faith fellowship. It's nice to talk to you. I'll see you around probably. Later. That's a conversation that I have on a typical day. Pretty normal. And it's probably a lot like conversations you have. You know, they're kind of skim the surface. They don't really go very deep. In fact, if we were honest, most of our conversations with one another don't go deep at all. They, in fact, we rarely talk to each other. Our prayer life, our conversation with God, I think if we were honest, was a lot like that conversation. It just kind of skims the surface. Rarely do we go deep with God. You know, the Bible from Genesis to Revelation says we matter to God. You matter. That you're important. And in fact, it says that you matter so much to God that God wants to talk to you. He wants to have a conversation. The other day, my grandkids were in and uh, we we were playing and... They've got these uh, Spider-Man and Doc Ock, and they're, they're actually walkie-talkies, but they didn't know that. They thought they were action figures, and we were playing with them, and then they noticed that batteries went in them. And so they're like, what's the batteries for? I said, well, they're walkie-talkies. Well, what's a walkie-talkie? And so we put batteries in them, and I started showing them how they worked. And I said, look, you press the button, and then you talk. And then you, you let, let out on the button, and then you can hear and they had a hard time figuring this out. Now, they're two and four and five, okay? So they, they were kind of struggling. And uh, so I told them to go in the other room. And they got in the other room. And I pressed the walkie-talkie. And I started talking. I said, Doc Ock, this is Spider-Man. Can you hear me? Nothing. <laughs> Press the button when you want to talk. Doc Ock, this is Spider-Man. Can you hear me? Nothing. They weren't pressing the button. And it got kind of funny because they started talking louder. And I could hear him in the other room. I don't think he can hear us. And finally, Ethan comes running in and he yells, I'm Spider-Man and you're Doc Ock. And he runs off. I'd say something, nothing, totally silent. I'd go, press the button, nothing. Finally, they started running in regularly, and they would go, I said, and they would tell me what they said, or they'd run in and go, Isabella said, or Ethan said, and they'd repeat what, what had been said in the other room. And to be honest, walkie-talkies do not work with my grandkids. You know, they just don't. It was it was really poor communication, but it was kind of funny if uh, you were sitting on the outside watching. You know, last week we started this series iPhone, and we we talked about staying connected to God. That you need to find that place where you have a really strong signal, and we talked about implementing a prayer a pray method P R A Y, and we used that an acronym to say. We start with praise, then we talk about repentance, lift up those things we need to ask God to forgive us for, and then ask what it is you want to ask God, and then why was yield, yield ourselves. And if you weren't here, let me encourage you to download the message. Uh, there's information in the worship guide about that, But because I'm going to kind of build on each of our sessions, we're going to kind of build on each other, and uh, a lot of times we don't do that, but... When it comes to prayer, if we're really going to take this somewhere, we've got to do that. So today what I want to do is look at a meaningful way to have two-way conversation with God on a regular basis, to have a conversation that has a little bit of depth to it. I don't know if you've seen the T-Mobile series ads, uh, Fave 5. You guys seen them? I mean, they're they're to be honest, they're funny, and they're pretty clever, and uh, I like all of them. I, I've was kind of watching through them. And one of the commercials, it's got a family sitting around a table, and they're talking, and uh, mom goes, so did you two kids pick your fave five? And uh, the teenage daughter says, yeah, I-, I chose Sarah, Beth, Crystal, Jackie, and Jenny. Now her younger brother, he's a few years younger than her, he says, well, that's funny. I chose Sarah, Beth, Crystal, Jackie, and Jenny. And the daughter kind of protests to mom and dad and says, are, are you going to do anything about this? And the, the boy, he says, your friends are hot, you know, and she, she gets all upset. And I love what dad says. D- dad says, maybe you should have uglier friends, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then it's got the voiceover that says, who's in your fave five? And the whole series is, uh, of commercials is about who's in your fave five? And I thought today what we would do is look at the faith five of prayer. And I'm going to promise you something, that if you take what we're going to talk about today and put it to use, I believe it has the potential to keep you connected with God, to take your conversations with God from the superficial stuff to a different level, to possibly change your life if you put it in, in, at work in your life. How many of you have cell phones it's crazy, isn't it 's crazy isn 't it? I was talking to someone in the back, and their little two year old 's got a, got a phone they go well it 's not real, but she knows what what the real ones look like i i 'll be honest, uh, I like technology, but cell phones have so many features on them that it's you need something about the size of a dictionary to explain them all to you and so I don't use most of the features, but I like to know that I've got them if I want them. Okay? Any of you like that? One of the features that I use quite often on here is the feature recent. In other words, when I tap that feature, it gives me a list of all the incoming calls, all the outgoing activity, everything that's taken place. So I can look at it, and I can tell... The date, the time, the person, the number—you know how how long I, I've been connected with them, or whatever. And, and so, when it, when it comes to prayer, here's what I want to suggest: before you pray, before you hit your knees, before you lift your voice to God, that you first tap recent. You hit that feature. If you're going to truly seek God's heart and mind. If you're going to be able to pray the way that I think God wants us to pray, I think one of the things you've got to do is hit recent in your life. In other words, what I'm suggesting is that you review your history, all the incoming activity, all the outgoing activity, that you reflect and critique and do a little analysis of what's taken place over the last 24 hours. I love football season. You know, I love watching the games. And I'm I'm one of these guys that I especially get a kick out of the post-game stuff, post-game analysis. You know, I, it's kind of humorous at points. Newspapers, TVs, radio, people like you and I sitting around talking all week about a game that took place over the weekend. I mean, I was listening this week, and they were talking about how the, Col- the Colts kind of blew it in the red zone that... Peyton Manning had missed uh, some reads along the way that the Cowboys, if they're really going to be contenders next year, that Tony Romo shouldn't date. You know. (laughs) And people that aren't football fans go, huh? What? Uh, Hours and hours of critiquing, analyzing, speculating. It makes for some good entertainment. And I love it. But I, I guarantee you that no one critiques like the great players, the great coaches, they, the way they critique themselves. You know, I was at the Steeler game when they were in St. Louis, and uh, I stayed after the game, mainly because I got a bad parking spot, and everybody was sitting still, so I thought, well, I'm going to hang around the bus and wait for the team to come out. And so I was excited to see my Steelers coming out. And they all came out, and they got on the bus. And, and what was interesting was there were hundreds of people around this bus. And these players would get on the bus, and they were sitting down. They were kind of like fish in a fishbowl. You know, you could, you could watch them. And people were yelling, and they were waving, and they were tapping on the, on the windows and kissing the windows. And it wasn't me, by the way. But, you know, they, it was crazy stuff. But I noticed something really peculiar. When when Ben Roethlisberger got on the bus, he immediately started flipping through 8x10 aerial shots of the game. You could see him. He was in there, and he's just going through these. He's analyzing the formations. You know, My guess is he was looking at why certain things worked and other things failed, and he had a stack like this, and he just kept flipping through them, and he's highlighting and marking them, and he did that while it was kind of fresh in his mind that he did this post-game analysis. And here's my question to you. When was the last time you did a post-game analysis in your life? I'd encourage you every day, either at the end of the day and review what's happened, or when you get up in the morning, you take a look at the previous day. That's how I handle things. I usually, the next morning, I'll kind of debrief and go, "Okay, how did that go? 2 Corinthians, Paul writes, he says, examine yourself to see, to see whether you are in the faith. Test your faith. Prior to P-R-A-Y, going to God, prior to that, I want to suggest you tap the recent. You review the previous 24 hours, that you go through your day, that you review what, what has happened, that you analyze the incoming activity, the, the outgoing activities, the, the decisions that you made, the things you said, things you did right. Cheer yourself on that. Things that didn't work out, try and figure out why. Things that failed. You know, things maybe that as you look back on it, maybe you should have done. And as you're doing that kind of post-game analysis, as you're tapping the recent in your life, here's what it'll do for you it will help you face the future. It will help you keep from making the same mistakes over and over and over and over again. It'll help guide your prayer time because all of a sudden you've got a perspective. And I would challenge you over the next few weeks, as, as this is fresh in your mind, to just do it and see what God does in your life. You see, if you tap, recent and you take a good look at it I think it'll change the way you pray. There's another feature that I I like and that's sync. Now there are lots of devices that they kind of sync together. Basically they bring all the data where maybe I change something on my phone or I change it on my computer at home. And so what it does is it keeps my contacts. If I make a change here it'll put it on the computer. If I have a change on my calendar, it'll, it'll make a change there, music, pictures, whatever. It kind of manages your data, and it brings it into line with one another. In other words, sync is synchronize the changing data that, that's happening. It just keeps it going. When it comes to prayer, I want to suggest that we sync up, that we sync up with God. And here's, here's what I mean. In the Old Testament, there, there was a time years and years ago, when the children of Israel were kind of, uh, it was a bad time in Israel's history. They, they were disobeying God. The priests were corrupt. The merchants were, were crooked. The leaders of the nation, they were clueless. And so Israel was kind of like this car heading for disaster. They were, they were going to go off the cliff, and God could see it. God could see that they were going to crash. Israel they're clueless they didn't, they didn't have any idea and so God tapped a guy by the name of Jeremiah on the shoulder and he tapped this prophet and Jer- went to Jeremiah and he said Jeremiah I want you to go to the leaders I want you to go to the merchants and the priests and I want you to warn them I want you to warn them if they don't change their ways if they don't do a spiritual 180 judgment's coming it's going to fall so Jeremiah goes. He goes where basically the city council that met by the gates. And he, and he delivers this message. And they tell him, hit the road. Get out of here. Jeremiah goes back to God. And he says, God, I didn't go very well. Did, did I miss a signal? Did I get something wrong? God says, do it again. So Jeremiah goes back. He carries the message. Probably told a little different this time. No, change your ways. Destruction's coming, and God loves you, you know. And they go, Jeremiah, we're sick of you. Get out of here. Beat it. Leave us alone. And so Jeremiah goes back to God and says, God, what's the deal? And God tells him to do something really odd, very strange. And I got to tell you, a lot of times God's leadings are countercultural. They don't make sense sometimes. It's difficult to sync up with God's plan sometimes. Jeremiah 18.2, God says, go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. Now, I'm going to do some speculating, okay? This isn't in Scripture. This is just me kind of reading between the lines. But I think Jeremiah was like you and me. And God said that to him, and I think Jeremiah was sitting there and probably going, what? What? You want me to go down to the potter's house and watch a bunch of artsy people? I mean, I took art class way back when. I'm not really into this. But it's interesting because Jeremiah syncs up with God. He doesn't understand it. He's not sure why, but he goes down to the potter's house, and he watches the potter. The potter starts spinning the clay, and suddenly the the clay spoils, as they call it, and falls down, and the potter picks it up and kind of mashes it up. And starts again. And that's when God stepped in and said, Jeremiah, that's it. There's the message. Jeremiah, I'm the potter. And the clay, that's Israel. And if they don't change their ways, did you see him mash them up? That's what he's going to do. God's going to start all over again. Jeremiah, I want you to do a little visual thing this time. I want you to go downtown. I want you to buy an expensive, nice vase. And I want you to take the vase to the meeting. And I want you to stand in front of all those leaders. And I want you to shatter that vase in a million pieces in front of them. And Jeremiah syncs up with God's plan. And he delivers the message. And I'll be honest, that kind of message back then wasn't popular. And that kind of message today isn't popular. I mean, we like the good news, but we don't like anything that pushes us. And so Jeremiah goes, Hey, leaders, merchants, hey, priests, over here. This is going to be you. See this vase? Boom! Bus. The leaders watched, and that was kind of the last straw, and it was kind of like a scene out of uh, real cops, they grab him, they handcuff him, they drag him to the center of the city, they shackle him to a post, and then they torture him for the next 12 hours. They push on him, they spit on him, they curse him, they abuse him. Now, let's stop there. Jeremiah synced up with God. He did what God asked him to do. And this is where things can turn on you. This is where things can start spinning out because when you sync up with God's plan, have you ever had this happen? You sync up with God, you're doing what God's asking you to do, but things aren't smooth. They get rough. They get tumbly. They get messy. And what you're tempted to do at this point is change frequencies when really what you need to do is maintain the frequency. You know, Jeremiah basically has a problem with God right now because he's a little angry. It's like, uh, look where this has got me. And he's a de- developing what I would say is a frequency issue in a couple ways. Follow me here. He's basically saying, you know, I can't believe this. I've done everything that you've asked me to do, I, I, but I must have the wrong frequency, God. I, did I miss something? Did I, did I hear you wrong? I mean, what's going on here? Or... Maybe he was going, unbelievable. Now look at my life. I'm going to cut back on the frequency that I meet with you. I'm not, I'm not going to talk to you quite as often because this isn't working real well for me. Frequency issue. What do you do, Christians? I'm talking to Christians here. What do you do when a routine physical becomes your worst nightmare? What do you do when your spouse walks out? What do you do when the company restructures and all of a sudden you don't have a job? You know, what do you do when life throws you a curve? When the foundation of your faith begins to weaken, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, he says, Always be joyful. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. See, most people, when they hit the skids in life or run into a problem, do one of a couple things. Some people change frequency in their lives. They change the channel. In other words, they tune God out at that point. You know, God, I've had enough. I'm dialing you out. I don't even believe in you anymore. I'm not darkening the door of a church again. Spiritually, I'm out of here. See you later. Some people, that's how they deal with it. Other people kind of dial down the frequency. In other words, they cut back the amount of time that they spend with God. You know, they kind of once in a while. Because here's the thought process. If I connect less, if I'm in contact with God less, then... I'm probably not going to get in all these problems. And so what we do, we kind of deal with God in kind of this guarded fashion where we're very careful. Now, some of you are really good, and you play another game. And, and I'll be honest with you, it's a sad game. And that is you maintain both frequencies. You you appear to be dialed in. You spend time in God's Word and you meet regularly. In other words, you're, you're at church on a regular basis. And everything would appear right. But it's not a frequency issue. It's an honesty issue. You know you know how this goes. It's, we, we take that scripture and we play the hallelujah anyhow attitude in our lives. You know, praise God, I've got problems. You know, I've got a tragedy. Hallelujah. And you know what I'm talking about? And we mask it up. You know, it's something, honestly, a three-year-old sees through. And here's what I want to suggest. That as we maintain our frequency with God, here's the next thing that we need to do. We need to voice activate. We need to voice activate. And here's what I mean. On my cell phone, uh, I have a feature where you can go voice activation. And basically, when I'm driving if, like, I want to call my mom and dad. My mom and dad, like, right now, are in Florida. And so I go, Mom, Dad, Florida. And it dials a number for me. When they're in Springfield, Mom, Dad, Springfield. And and it dials a number. And it's a cool feature. I mean, it's it's a great feature to have. Friends, when it comes to prayer, I'm not talking about voice activation to make the call. I'm talking about Activating your voice during the call. And and here's what I mean. In other words, to use our voice to say what's on our heart, to be honest with God. I mean, few people do what Jeremiah did. Jeremiah is in this situation and he activates his voice. He said what he was thinking. It wasn't the party line, it wasn't politically correct, it was kind of messy. It wasn't like a bedtime prayer or a mealtime prayer, you know, that real sweet, now I lay me down to sleep, God is good, God is great. No, it wasn't that type of prayer. It's a prayer where he was authentic. He activated his voice. And I find it amazing because Jeremiah wasn't afraid to give God this messy prayer, to pour his heart out, to say what he was thinking. You know, he starts out in verse 7 of chapter 20. He says, Oh Lord, you deceived me, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. All my friends are waiting for me to stumble. In modern vernacular, he was saying, God, you ripped me off. This wasn't how it was supposed to turn out. You go on, verse, verse 10, and he says, All my friends are waiting for me to stumble. I mean, does that sound, does that sound familiar? I mean, is that, does that make sense? Anybody ever been there? It's like your friends are like vultures. They're, they're waiting for you to drop. Someone's waiting to take the spot. Jeremiah activates his voice. And he gets honest with God. And he says what it is that he needs to say, what's on his heart. And he just pours it out. And then he shifts into, into praise, verse 13. And he says, sing to the Lord. Give praise to the Lord. He rescues the life of the needy from the hands of the wicked. Praise. Remember, that's part of prayer. Praise. But look at this. He switches right back. He activates his voice again. He goes, Cursed be the day I was born. May the day my mother bore me not be. Change. He, he, he says what's going on. And this is what strikes me as I read through the story. And I read through his prayer that Jeremiah was absolutely sure of God's character. He was confident of God's love. And so he activated his voice and he just got honest with God. And my question to you is, have you ever done that? Have you ever really got honest with God and just said, this is what I feel, messy and all, just to say it, put it out there, and allow God to hear it? I mean, he already knows it, but for you to say it. I mean, if you're like me, I spent the majority of my Christian life afraid to pray that way. Afraid to pray. I mean, I wanted to make sure that my prayers were theologically in line, that they were spiritually correct. Because I was afraid, like, God would leave me or maybe disintegrate me or something and go, okay, enough of you, you know. But you know what? As I've studied about prayer spent time looking through God's word and really dug into that topic, you know what I found? The great men and women in Scripture activated their voice. They said what was on their heart, and sometimes it was messy, but it was okay. You know, I think that's why the psalmist says, pour out your heart to God. Just put it out there. You know Jesus when he was dying on the cross. Remember what he said? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you turned your back on me? I did everything. You're turning your back on me now. And I see, I figure if Jesus, the son of God, could say that, you and I could say that. I mean, after Jeremiah kind of activates his voice, he gets brutally honest with God. If you read the story, you find that he started seeing things from God's perspective. God says to him, hey, Jeremiah, I want you to do my stuff again. And Jeremiah led. And if you read the entire story, you find Jeremiah in the end is, is a person that's very different than who you encounter in the beginning he, he has a deeper faith he's walking closer to God and so what I'm suggesting as you P-R-A-Y as you're going through that method of prayer activate your voice be honest with God and just say what needs to be said so when you praise, when you repent, when you ask, when you yield, just say what's what's here. Get honest with God. Now there's one more thing, because prayer's not finished till you do this thing, and it's going to sound a little bit funny. But I want to suggest that you enter the sleep mode. Now, you know what sleep mode is? I mean... What I know some of you are getting real excited right now, and you go, oh, I'm good on this one, because when you've been praying, I almost fell asleep the other day while you were praying. No. Eh. What I'm talking about is most phones have a sleep mode, and basically what happens is everything shuts down to conserve energy, and... The phone focuses on two things. Two things bring it to life. One, I, as the operator, can activate it and get it going again. And the other is when it receives a phone call, right? And so it conserves all of its energy for those two things. And here's what I'm suggesting. After you pray, you enter that Sleep mode in your life. And you focus all of your energies on the incoming call from God. Basically say, God, I'm listening, I'm here, and I'm ready. See, I think too many people have one-sided conversation. Do you ever have a one-way conversation? Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean... Unfortunately, I have these every once in a while. Someone will call me on the phone, or or they'll catch me out in the hall, and, and it goes something like this. Hey, I was wanting to get your opinion on something, okay? I, I'm having a really tough time at work, and my boss, I mean, my boss is a real slave driver, and... You know, he's given me all this extra work to do and absolutely no consideration for me. And I don't think it's right. I mean, he really makes me mad, I'll tell you. You know, I was thinking that that maybe I should just get a different job. I mean, just this week, I I was working and he put me on full tilt. I was working on this project and he had me drop everything and work on another project. I just can't believe it. You know, I I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go in tomorrow and I'm going to quit. You know, thanks for your help. See ya. I'm going, what just happened? You know, the whole time I'm like... I I wonder how many times in my life I've prayed to God. God, give me this. Bless me here. Cover me here. Heal me here. Thanks, God. Amen. And off I go. And the whole time, God's going, but, 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 Damon. Damon. Could you bless me, God? But, Damon? Hey, God, I was thinking maybe you could do such a... See you. Amen. But, Damon? Prayer's two-way, friends. It's a two-way conversation. God desires to talk to you. You know, God spoke to Adam and Eve. God spoke to Abraham and Sarah. To Moses and Isaiah and Jeremiah God spoke to Jesus and John and Paul. You know, throughout Scripture, we find God speaking, and God still speaks today. How does He speak? You know, I've said this before. I've never heard a booming voice from heaven. I've never audibly heard God. But I've had God speak through His Spirit to me. You know, and He wants to do the same thing in your life. You know, sometimes God speaks through, through the Bible, through His Word, where he, he'll, he'll take, and I couldn't tell you how many times I've been praying, and God will just bring a scripture to mind. That's why we're to take God's Word and bury it in our hearts and our minds. You know, those, those times that God has spoke through someone else, you know, a relationship in my life. Someone will come up and say, you know, Damon, I've something I've been wanting to tell you, and they just put it out there. Sometimes God speaks through the Holy Spirit. But friends, here's what you have to do. You've got to power down in your life. You've got to quit doing everything else and enter that sleep mode and just listen for God. Listen for that incoming call. Now, I want to be clear about something. God will never tell you to do something that's counter to God's word. Now, that's another topic and another message for another day, but be very, very clear. God's not going to tell you something in prayer, and you go, oh, I sense God telling me it, and it'd be against God's word. That doesn't happen. But God will speak when you're in that sleep mode if you'll focus all of your energies and just listen for God's incoming call. How's that happen? Well, a couple things you can do to boost that one develop a discipline of stillness in your life you know i find jesus is extremely busy in scripture people are pressing in all the time they want stuff from him and every once in a while we're told jesus drew away from everyone to be alone with god because it was important you know the psalmist says be still and know that i am god i'm exalted among the nations exalted among the earth See, I believe when you're still, you can know God. It's when God speaks. For some of you, if you just power down for a moment in your life, God would deposit an unbelievable amount of of truth and stuff in your spirit if you just do it. You know, if you struggle... In that sleep mode, I know how this goes. I mean, your mind's active, and you have a tendency to wonder, and you know, pretty soon you're thinking about things that weren't really keeping you focused on God. Well, break things down a little bit. I, I have to do that. I have a hard time sitting still. And, and so I have to kind of break it up and, and just say to God, I'll say, you know, God, what do you want to say to me in my relationships? And then I'll pause. And I just listen. Take two or three minutes that way. God, what do you want to say to me in my vocation? And I pause and listen. You know, God, what do you you want to say to me about the future? And I pause and listen. You know, God, what's the next area of growth in my life? Pause and listen. God, what would you have me change? Change. Pause and listen. You can come up with your own set of questions, but it gets you moving. It keeps you focused. You know, there there are two reasons why I believe God is not more active in people's lives. One of the reasons is most people don't hear God's voice because they're never in sleep mode. They never slow down long enough. They never really listen to God. They're just busy doing stuff, and consequently, God's speaking, and they miss it. And the other reason is we hear it, but we don't respond to it. You know how this goes, right? You sense in your spirit, you know, God presses you and says, you need to apologize to so-and-so. And what goes on in your spirit? <laughs> I don't think so. Right? Right? God's Spirit presses you a little bit. Why don't you put me first in your finances? Mine. Or you sense God's Spirit saying, pick up the phone and call so and so and just encourage them. That'd be weird, God. I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I'm strange. I think those are the two main reasons. One, we just don't slow down long enough. And when we do hear God's Spirit, we pretend we don't hear it. Again, friends, if you want to become the men and women that God created you to be, if you want to go on one of the greatest adventures you could ever go on in your life, begin to pray and use the the fave five. You know, before you pray, Tap in. Look at the recent in your life. Look at the history. Look at what's been going on. You know, just analyze the day. It'll help your prayer life. Seriously, it will. Sync up with God. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it gets messy. But you've got to sync up and always maintain your frequency. In other words, stay dialed in and stay dialed in regular in church. In God's word. Activate your voice. Don't be afraid. Say what you need to say. You know, even if it needs to be filtered. You know, it's like, oh, if anybody heard this, that'd be terrible. It's okay. Just say it. Say what needs to be said. And then enter that sleep mode and say, okay, God, I'm listening. I'm powering down, and I'm going to listen to you now. See, prayer is a two-way conversation. And that conversation can change your life. It absolutely can. Let's stand for a word of prayer together. Uh, During the music, if uh, you need to go, you can just step out during the music. Uh, Otherwise, we're going to celebrate in communion together, and everybody's welcome at God's table here. So let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you, and God, we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to come and just talk. God, I pray that this house, this church, would be a house of prayer. The voices throughout the Riverbend area would be lifted to you. God, I thank you that you are so willing to hear everything that's on our heart, good and bad, the things that make you smile and things that make you cry. God, it's unbelievable you could love us so much. I just pray that we would show that love back to you. We give you the praise. We give you the glory this day and every day. Amen.